is the Go Blue Crew. Welcome into the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick with Derek Devine. Uh, it's 107 degrees here in Indianapolis. Derek, it feels like it anyway, but how are you doing? Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, you I'm open? drinking. I'm drinking a high noon sun sips edition because of how hot it is, even in Michigan, my man. It is it's like that last summer day. Uh even though I think we've what we moved we moved forward to autumn at this point. Not technically? sure. Technically, but it's like that last know. beautiful day. Like you don't want to play football in this weather. No, it's not. But beautiful. you know by tomorrow you're probably gonna lose about twenty degrees. So enjoying it with a you know, high noon pool edition. We are in Indianapolis. We're going to lose uh, 18 degrees tomorrow because today's high was 91 with I'm going to I'm going to say like above 80 percent humidity for most of the day. It was awful. And then tomorrow we're going to be down to 73 as the high and then getting down to 65 on Friday. We may have cracked 80 degrees uh, for the last time this year. That is entirely possible, especially as October approaches. Um, Michigan is playing its first 3-0 and team, and as the weather cools down, it feels appropriate that you know we're getting into like the 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 real part of the schedule. Would you say? Yeah, for sure. Because we, you know, we made such a big deal about not piling on like Colorado State and Hawaii and then Yukon and I feel like we said what was appropriate but none of those results um surprising at all but Maryland is 3 and 0 and this is conference play and if you remember back to last season for Michigan uh they they opened conference play against um Rutgers and that was a 20 to 13 win. I mean, it's, are we gearing up for something similar at all? Do you think? And of course we're going to like talk more about the X's nose of this game, but just from like a general standpoint, do you think after breezing through a non-conference schedule, very similar to what happened last season, those are the first conference game against a better opponent give this team a little pause and and a little test see it's tough because you you look at that Rutgers game that was at home and because initially I was gonna say hey I feel good that Michigan's at home for this but then I remember like wow Rutgers was at home and I remember Nebraska on the road you know uh, early October uh, I believe it was and so uh, it's definitely different you know good environment uh, big noon kickoff uh, gonna have uh, Gus and Joel on the call. Uh, should be a good environment for the first Big Ten game. But like you said, this is a team that uh, can win games, has won games. You know, no matter who the opponent is, three and zero looks a lot different than uh, a couple of teams that Michigan's played that look like they might not win a game all season. Uh, the the combined record of the the first three opponents obviously is abysmal, uh, and Maryland has taken care of business so far uh, with you know a veteran. Um, quarterback and in, in, in a in a you know a slew of good receivers that uh, could give a secondary uh, you know I wouldn't say inexperienced but definitely some moving parts some new pieces uh, and some guys who are unproven 
uh, you know, one of the things we'll probably talk about more specifically, but yeah, this is a different game, different atmosphere, uh, different challenge. And, and I think Michigan is the better team on paper. Uh, the, the Vegas line will show that as well. I think, you know, started around 14 as high as 17 as I've seen. Uh, but still, you know, this is not a game that's going to be wrapped up early more than likely. Uh, and that will be very unique compared to the first three opponents. Did you remember last season um, how much Michigan got into the head of Maryland's quarterback, Talia Tagovailoa, who is brilliant at times, but just frankly kind of a hothead. And and I think it, emotionally he has trouble staying in check. And I remember watching the game live and noticing that. And then, of course, just over the course of the last, what, nine months or whatever, as we as we do, you know, going back and watching different games, different highlights. It, it just jumps off the page at me every time. Of like, man, he he really struggled to like keep himself in check. And I, I think that that really hurt Maryland in that game and then pretty much any game. I, I can't remember. I want to say, so so Maryland is 3-0 against Charlotte, Buffalo, and, and SMU. And I can't remember. I feel like it might have been Charlotte, might have been SMU, but I saw some of the same stuff, you know, just – uh, getting maybe a little too frustrated with himself, with his teammates, especially at times. And I was, I was hoping for his sake that was something that could be in the past because I think this team would really benefit from having him as his, has a, his full self there at quarterback because I, I think, again, like he can just be – he can be really special at that position sometimes. But an early key for me, I think, is is just getting – getting him off balance mentally again, the way that they were able to do um, last season, you know, getting a really good pass rush on him. Just he, he was so frustrated and that hurt an offense that, that can otherwise be pretty dangerous. And, and he's such an X factor. If you're able to do that, I feel really good about Michigan kind of a, avoiding a trap here. Yeah. I mean, when Maryland's passing game is on, it's, you know, maybe one of the better um, and toughest, uh, passing games that Michigan will face really probably all the way up until, you know, I guess it depends what version of uh, Peyton Thorne you get at Michigan state. And then obviously CJ Stroud and the, the unbelievable amount of talent uh, Ohio state has always had at the wide receiver position. Uh, but, you know, this is a guy uh, who, again, like you said, is very uh, likely to uh, become frustrated if the game's not going his way. Uh, you know, you, they barely beat, uh, SMU, and that was even a game where they caused a bunch of turnovers. Uh, and and I think that, you know, their defense isn't all that great to where uh, as long as Michigan keeps pace, they should be able to find a way to slow Maryland's offense down before uh, Maryland slows Michigan's offense down. Uh, but, yeah, it's a dangerous opponent. I think it's a good challenge, uh, especially, again, for that, that secondary, uh, just the defensive unit in general. You know, they haven't had to do – anything all that special because the first three opponents were more likely to beat themselves. Uh, you know, Tulia can do the same thing technically, you know, he, and I think that was what happened and what led to frustration last year is he had some bad throws uh, for as many good plays as he had. He had twice as many bad plays. I would say uh, even throwing a pick six at one time, I believe, or at least close to it. Uh, and so if you can get it in his head, you know, disrupt their passing game, uh, make them rely on something else and then build yourself a quality first half lead. I feel pretty good about this one as long as Michigan's in the driver's seat. But yeah, you know, Michigan has seen no adversity. They've trailed 
not even for a moment this season. Uh, and it has, has not seen a game that's even been close. Uh, so yeah, if Maryland wins, you know, I think they're going to have to play pretty well. Uh, and I think that's why Vegas has the spread uh, where it does. Do you think Maryland leads in this game? I could definitely see Maryland leading this game and, and I could see it happening at like the 10, seven mark or, or 14 to 10 mark. Uh, maybe it's 10, seven and Maryland scores again. Like I, I think there could definitely be some back and forth. I think that Mike Loxley, though he's 0-2 against Michigan, uh, you know, understands uh, how to script at least the first couple of drives and they can get things going well and clicking. Uh, this is a team that obviously is capable of putting up a lot of points. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if early on, uh, it looks like a fairly evenly matched game, but I just think Michigan's talent uh, and probably overall game plan and just the ability to make plays on both sides, including an incredible special teams unit that really showed out against UConn. Uh, just feels like it's a game that Maryland would really have to dictate how the game goes the entire time. And I have trouble with the type of ball they play, especially pass heavy. You know, it's either clicking or it's not for them. And I think Michigan can disrupt them uh, throughout the game at some point. The other quarterback in this game, of course, J.J. McCarthy, he's going to start his first conference game. Um, I, th- I think kind of safe to say at large we're, we're not that worried about some kind of lapse here, but individually do you think you know getting him on a bigger stage, you're still at home, but it's a conference opponent after all, and, and these these games you know are, are really going to start uh, – mattering more than if you had been somehow miraculously upset by Hawaii or whatever. I mean, that would have been disastrous, but um, you go on and win your conference that kind of settles that. Now all of a sudden, you know, losing to to Maryland or any other team in the conference, that really sets you back. And I guess, you know, do you think individually for JJ McCarthy, this is anything different? It doesn't really seem like he's bothered by much. Uh, it really, truly doesn't feel like any moment's too big for him. I mean, we'll see him in some more intimidating environments than this one. But this is, you know, his third opportunity to start, you know, again at home, you know, noon, very familiar game time uh, against an opponent where, you know, he threw a pretty awesome touchdown pass to, to Mikey Sainer still when he was on the offensive side of the ball last year. So, you know, this is definitely a guy who has gotten some run against a Maryland team. And I think a guy that's just overall well-poised to, to play the quarterback position. Uh, he's obviously going to be a major key. I think early, uh, I would expect to see some different things from Michigan than we've seen. And I would expect some different players to get involved, whether that's an Andrew Anthony or more of Cornelius Johnson. Uh, you know, I think you've seen a lot of Roman Wilson, uh, Ronnie Bell, and then maybe a Cornelius Johnson. You've seen a lack of tight end play. Uh, overall, I think when you see uh, someone like J.J. McCarthy playing more often, you know, he's likely to, to play nearly a full game in this one. Uh, I think you'll see him distribute the ball more. It felt like they were keeping things simple and easy for him. He hasn't taken a lot of reads in terms of uh, keeping the ball to run it. Uh, I think he's going to play against an opponent that will do that as often as they can. Uh, I think that because of J.J.'s element, I think that Michigan's defense will be prepared for a, a guy who can scoop. Uh, but yeah, I think that you'll see maybe a different version of him, maybe not as efficient. I think he's at like 88% right now. Obviously, that number is going to go down. Uh, if not, then maybe he truly is a, a dark horse Heisman candidate. But um, yeah, his his big playability uh, is really able to be shown off when he's playing against air like some of the first opponents. Uh, 
uh, this would be a little bit tougher of a, of a matchup against a you know, more competent defense for sure. Uh, but I think he'll still have a field day in many ways uh, just because of the offensive weapons he has. And then hopefully if the running game gets going, uh, that'll solve a lot. And I, I know we don't know about Donovan Edwards. Uh, and if we do uh, Wednesday at six, it's because I've missed it. I don't uh, think we do. But I think a guy like that in the game, I mean, we've, I've, I've referenced that so many times, like 370 yards. It's good. It wasn't that high. Like 170 receiving yards alone. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it kind of stinks that a guy like that might not be available because he had a field day against this team. Yeah. Uh, somebody's going to put up some big numbers, whether it's JJ or Blake Corum or, you know, you name the player. Uh, I think somebody's going to have a big game. And, and that's what one of my keys is, is it's Big Ten season. Uh, this game could be a trap game. Uh, playmakers are going to have to start making plays, whether that's on the offense or defense side of the ball. You know, it's time for some guys to start separating themselves. Uh, as you know, guys to key in on every week. You go. Uh, you mentioned Andrew Anthony, um, one catch for five yards this season, and you look up and down Michigan's receivers. Ronnie Bell has fourteen catches for one hundred and eighty-one yards. The next guy, Roman Wilson, has not not even half as many catches. He has six, one hundred and seventy-one. Then you're down to. Cornelius Johnson with four. Luke Schoonmaker's got three. A.J. Hennings got five. Lots of guys with two and three in here. Um, Blake Quorum with two. I mean, you got to work your way down this list till you get to Andrew Anthony, one catch, five yards. Does anybody – I mean, I don't have a guess as to what's going on, why his usage isn't higher. I know you get Ronnie Bell back, and that changes things, but – the things we saw from Andrew Anthony last season make me think like, you know, that's a guy you can use right away and getting a, a star receiver back. I, I don't think is enough by itself to, you know, set him back the way it apparently has through three games. And I don't know if you got a hypothesis here for like what's going on with one catch for five yards. So I think part of it, you know, you get, you see a guy like a Mac, uh, Max Bredesen have a big catch. You know, there's other guys like even even a Tyler Morris. Uh, you know, a, a brand new guy. Uh, C.J. Stokes out of the back. Or Leon Franklin has more uh, with a touchdown and and, and some uh, you know late game time. Again, I think it's more of a product of uh, they kept the game plan pretty simple. You have Ronnie Bell who's going to probably be open a lot, especially with the way he plays receiver. Yeah, Roman Wilson who's. Uh, you know, six receptions, but two of them touchdowns, and he has a rushing touchdown as well for probably north of 50 yards. Uh, I would say I, I look at Andrew Anthony. You know, he's not going to be uh, a Swiss Army knife like A.J. Henning, but just like you saw A.J. Henning get a little bit more uh, reps, you know, and obviously having that punt return for a touchdown, uh, you know, made him look like he had an explosion of the game. But, you know, he got a lot more play. Uh, in week three. And so I think, you know, it takes a, a good matchup for Andrew Anthony to get open, but that's kind of what I'm looking for is where is Eric all and where is Andrew Anthony, some of these other uh, getting these other guys involved uh, early, because I think when you have a go-to like a Ronnie Bell, you know, he's likely to always be open on the possession at some point. Uh, and I think Michigan's taken a lot of the, you know, the short throws. That's why Roman Wilson's had so much success. You know, you're, you're essentially throwing a bubble to him for handing him the ball and, and relying on his speed. That's not going to work against defenses that are good all the time and defenses that are keyed in on that type of play. So I think you'll start to see the the 
this, uh, you know, if you're looking at receptions in general, I think you'll start to see it diversify a little bit more, at least anywhere after Ronnie Bell. Ronnie Bell is likely to have the most receptions this year. Uh, they're definitely going to get the ball to him in his return season and last season. Uh, and he's just, you know, that good of a player. Uh, but I would expect to see, you know, more uh, Andrew Anthony and more Eric all specifically uh, as time goes on for Michigan, because they're, you know, they're just as dangerous in the passing game as anyone. On the other side of the ball, defense, I thought, has held up um, fine. I mean, they're playing about as well as you sh- should expect against those three non-conference opponents. Um, maybe a little concern about getting getting some pressure in the backfield on the quarterback, but I don't think it's that big of a deal. I, I want to say we talked about this a week or two ago, but I'll bring it up again. Just any any concerns any questions you know you, you still got out there and you think maybe might get answered uh, against Maryland yeah so when the passing game can be so dangerous that's when I really look at you know what can the secondary do uh you know I look at the safeties uh I look at a Mikey Sanders still I mean he has played phenomenal football uh, you know, he didn't get credited with a sack for one of his early plays against UConn, but has a sack on the year. In fact, had the first sack on the year. He's had plenty of solo tackles too. You know, there's a lot of guys that, you know, their their assist numbers are as high as their solo tackles. You know, Mike Sanders still has been uh, a playmaker. And it's nothing against Mike Sanders still, but I do wonder, um, is he sticking out because the defense is not as great of a unit as we think they are, you know, again, they've played no competition. Uh, I think Mike Sanders still is, is obviously one heck of a player. He can play both sides of the ball. He's done so before Michigan. He's wanted to do so since being at Michigan and now he's getting a shot, but he does seem to be, you know, a highlight um, back there in the secondary. I say junior Colson, obviously is probably Michigan's most rounded player. Michael Barrett's had a lot of good plays, brings a lot of experience you know, Mozzie Smith has been disruptive, you know, being uh, college football's biggest freak. But as much as it's great to see uh, a former offensive weapon stand out on defense, I start to wonder uh, why does it feel like other guys are being quiet? Again, you haven't played anybody. I don't think anyone's really tested DJ Turner. Uh, when you have two very capable receivers and a good tight end uh, and a quarterback that has a great arm, just like his older brother who just lit up, uh, lit it up in the NFL. Uh, by the way, I kept him on my bench. I have Josh Allen, you know, so Josh Allen is a, a great starting quarterback, but Tua, uh, Tua's older brother, you know, scored more points. So that was tough. But anyway, you have a guy <laughs> who can sling a little bit of regret there. You have oh, a yeah. guy who can sling the rock and receivers to throw it to uh, DJ Turner, Mike Sanders, still Will Johnson, you know, all of those guys will be tested. And then you look at guys like Makari Page, Rod Moore, RJ Moten, you know, they're, they're all going to, uh, have to hold up uh, against a, a pretty good receiving core. And then you've got linebackers in the D-line that can't allow uh, any rushers to break free either. So I don't think I'm concerned, but I think Maryland's a tough enough offensive opponent where I think we'll definitely see where the holes are, if any, this year on Michigan's defense. You know, um, the coaching staff talked about how there there wasn't going to be like that that star presence on the defensive line. And it seemed like, okay, you know, if that very well may be the case. Um, and I'm, this is still preseason, like, but it, to me, it, it felt a little too much, just like coach speak, like, Oh no, you know, this is everybody chipping in for the greater good. And like, 
I think it's panned out a little bit. I mean, you got one, two, three, four, five, six guys with one sack each. And yeah, I know Mike Sanders still realistically should probably have that, that second one. I was actually surprised. I didn't know that until you just said it, that he didn't get credited with the sack. Is there a reason why? It felt like it was, it was definitely a passing remember. play, but I think he technically fell forward for a yard or something. Okay. Like that, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, you got four guys who have registered half a sack. I, it truly does feel like Michigan is actually spreading the love here defensively. And, and the fact that Mike Sanders still, you know, could, you know, have like two sacks to his name. Uh, I, I think, I think this defense is getting a little more aggressive with, with corners in a, in a way that, that hasn't happened recently and of course like Michigan's defense has been aggressive especially with Don Brown um but you know kind of sagging off a little bit more last year and, and adapting to college football and and now this year more of that but still a little different i i guess it does really seem like Michigan is is going to do things of by committee or whatever term you want to use and and that's worked through three games against lesser opponents and i think that's that's very sustainable against uh, your your better conference opponents. If you lined up the the two seasons in front of me and said, okay, here's one defense and you're going to rely on one star and a complimentary star rushing off the edge to get all that pressure in the backfield. Here's the other defense where pressure is going to be coming from pretty much everywhere I think I'm taking the second defense just because that sounds more sustainable. Now, of course, mm-hmm. uh, Aiden Hutchinson and, and David Ajabo were, were tremendous and, and you would never in hindsight, like kick them to the side, but I like what Michigan's got going here. And if there is any concern about, you know, you'd like to be in the backfield more, I get it. But through three games, I like what I'm seeing. And I, I think it's, something that'll get them uh, success in the big 10. Yeah. I mean, like a, like a, a good team basketball team that maybe lacks a star, but you know, makes it far in a tournament, like, you know, say any mid major ever. Um, right. <laughs> it's, it's good to have, you know, a, a defensive unit. And one of the things that Loxley was pointing out was, you know, they have to be good on the first two downs because that third down package is exotic. Uh, and, and so they know that they have to be ahead of schedule or a team like Michigan is, you know, playing really well uh, against opponents, you know, no, no matter who the opponent is so far on, on third down. Uh, again, they haven't played much of anybody, so all these stats will change. You know, a guy like J.J. McCarthy won't be as efficient. I think you're going to see a little bit more, even more of a commitment to the running game uh, because these are the types of games, you know, coming up where you have to, you know, have one thing going well to maybe open up the passing game, or maybe it's doing the opposite. Uh, and that's where, you know, I think we'll see a little bit of a difference this year. They didn't need uh, to play all that well to to win convincingly last year. Uh, it's a tough task for, uh, you know, Maryland to, to, to travel on the road and beat a top four team. Uh, but still, you know, I think J.J. is an explosive enough player with his legs and with his arm that, you know, he's likely to, to bring a little bit different brand of football uh, in a matchup where Michigan still may heavily rely on the run. So, I like what I see in all three phases of the game so far. I think, you know, as other teams have not taken care of business, uh, though Michigan's opponents are some of the weakest you could have 
especially in 2022. Not like they scheduled them, you know, minutes before the season. You know, these were games that were scheduled a while ago, uh, but they happened to play, you know, essentially three preseason games uh, and they took care of business very well in all three of them. Uh, they're really the only points they ever allowed were in, uh, against second, third, and maybe even fourth string players. Uh, a lot of guys got like, a lot of good reps. Uh, you know, I think a lot of quarterbacks, you know, seven completing a pass against UConn uh, has prepared Michigan to at least, you know, have a different backup quarterback than a Cade McNamara. You know, we used to talk about Cade versus JJ. Right now we live in reality where Cade McNamara is not even good to play football because he's injured. Right. Uh, a completely different dynamic than we ever would have expected. You know, we were wondering if a starter was even named by this game at one point. So JJ's your guy. Who knows who the second guy who drops out there is, whether it's in garbage time or because something happens to JJ. But yeah, I think Michigan has this one handled. Uh, but I think, again, they'll be exposed in some way, shape, or form. I think Maryland's going to do their best to give them a game as long as at least their offense is able to keep up and keep pace with Michigan's. All right. Um, time for predictions. And I apologize because I know I could just go back and listen, but I thought I wrote it down last week and I didn't. Instead, I'm going to take us back to Hawaii. So Michigan won that game 56-10. to 10. Your prediction, do you remember it? Uh, Hawaii. That's hard. You went over before. 60. Did it 63 to 10? 63 to... 62 to 6. 62 to 6, okay. I did 56 to 3. Nice. So I was exact on Michigan's score and nice, missed nice. a Hawaii touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't expect Hawaii to do anything, though. I mean, no. we thought Hawaii was the worst team on the schedule, <laughs> and I'm not sure that is any longer the case. That that'll be fun to like at the at the end of the season come back and say okay who was actually the worst team on Michigan's schedule yeah because I think you could make a really good case for all three of them right now but give it the rest of the season and I want to come back and we can rank the three yeah um for this one and UConn that was fifty nine zero it I don't I'll I'll go back and 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 listen maybe and. And we can like get that sorted out too. I but think you you guess six, I guess seven. I know that for UConn. Yeah, pretty sure. I don't for them what to the... score six. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I don't remember anybody predicting a shutout there because that just always seems like well, it's not, you know, it's surely not to do that. Surely. Wait, wait, wait till you hear this prediction. Okay, well, go ahead then for Maryland. Twenty-four to zero. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, yeah, I think a little bit of a Rutgers, Nebraska mix into this, uh, but Michigan takes so. control okay. late because uh, they're just the better team. Uh, we have not seen a, a full, even three quarters of starters. Uh, I think we'll see a full three quarters, probably some in the fourth quarter. I'm going to go 37 to 17 in this one. Uh, they'll cover. Um, be plus 20 on the scoreboard, but that fairly gives Maryland a, a nice first half to play with, you know, at least, you know, 10 to 14 of those points, I'm sure. I'm not much of a believer in Maryland. I th- I think what Michigan has with JJ McCarthy really I mean, we all know it changes things for for Michigan offensively. But I think it's pretty dramatic and and I think they're not going to have a pro like 37 will look like a like you're low balling. I I think that's what it's going to come down to. I'm going 48 and I'll say I'll say Maryland puts up fourteen. Okay. And I don't feel great about that fourteen because 
that's two touchdown drives and and not that that's too much but i feel like just realistically um maryland driving probably gets stopped and you're looking at some field goals but either way i i i'm not worried about maryland um not sold on on that team i think i saw 12 penalties 15 penalties in their win against smu you know something like that's just gonna kill you against a good team like michigan um i'll i'll have to see talia tugavailoa look um more down to earth uh, and and composed for for at least a quarter maybe a half before i'm like oh crap you know this really might be his day that sort of thing so so what did I say? 40. Yeah, I wrote this down. 48, 14. That's what I got. So any other final thoughts here on Maryland, the kickoff of the the big 10 season uh, before we go. I mean, I'd love to see a, a game like last year, uh, 59 to 18. It uh, feels like that could happen. I think your score is more likely than mine. Uh, but I'm going to give credit to a, a team that, you know, hasn't lost yet, taking care of business. And, and, you know, I guess almost hoping Michigan's tested at least for a moment. Uh, because they are going to face a tougher opponent. They will travel and play in tougher environments uh, than obviously having your fourth home game in a row. So, yeah, I think Michigan win either way. But looking forward to to watching a game that actually feels like it matters. And again, we, we said this a million times, no ill towards the first three opponents. But this one matters because it's the start of the conference play. You can't win a Big Ten championship if you if you don't. Uh, win your first one that you're supposed to win against a team like Maryland. So yeah, looking to to watch some meaningful football this Saturday. Absolutely. Uh, and we'll get back next week, break it down and, and continue looking forward in this schedule. The next one is at Iowa, which I'm pretty sure ESPN isn't updated, but it's a noon kickoff, isn't it? Yes, it is. Okay. So that'll be three three straight no four straight if you count UConn right four straight noon kickoffs I believe so because then the next one at Indiana that's also noon and it's speculated that Michigan Penn State could be a big uh big noon I'll have kickoff as well that one yeah that one later that one feels weird and and someone said that you know Gus and Joel don't always call at at noon that it could be like a 4 p.m but then there's something about, you know, playoff baseball uh, is going to be around at that time too. So, mm. um, yeah, you know, a couple of several noon games in a row. I mean, whatever, you you get up, you yeah. get to watch the game or go to the game and go on about your day, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get back next week. Until then, take care and go blue. Go blue.